Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Today I want to talk about Giordano Bruno. He was an Italian philosopher and poet who was basically put to death by the Catholic Church in the year 1600 uh, because he believed in uh, life on other worlds, uh, among other things. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I'm bringing this up because just recently uh, Christopher Mellon, uh, the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, uh, he he was at a conference in France, an ECHO conference, and he made a presentation there, and he uh, actually uh, uploaded his uh, slideshow that he used for that presentation, and uh, at the top of that slideshow, he actually uh, had a quote from Giordano Bruno, uh, who lived from 1548 to 1600, and the quote was, innumerable suns exist, innumerable earths revolve around these, living beings inhabit these worlds. Uh, that's just one of the uh, things, one of the uh, assertions that Bruno made that basically led to his death uh, in the end because uh, the pious papists uh, who did not like that, did not like that ideology, didn't, uh, they tried to get him to uh, say that it was not true, but he did not. He held to his word and they eventually uh, tied him to a stake, put a, a piece of metal around his mouth so he couldn't speak and then they eventually burned him alive. Uh, it's a very horrible story, but that's just the way the world goes. I mean, it's been like this for a long time. And really, when you look at what's happening today with, uh, let's just say, whistleblower David Grush, I mean, he, he's he been uh, run through the hot coals by uh, the dummy debunkers and uh, among mainstream media pundits who say that, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about or he's crazy or this or that, or they try to make, make his, uh, try to make, uh, put him in a in a bad position a bad light to make him look like he's a liar or he's stupid or he's crazy and it's the same thing today as it was back then except they're not going to burn him at the stake like they used to do back in the day uh but but unfortunately for bruno uh his ideas about uh uh about where the human race is uh in the grand scheme of things basically uh, led to his death uh there's a lot of good information you could find uh online about giordano bruno uh, there was there's a pretty actually a pretty decent Wikipedia page. I'm going to read from some of that. Uh, it says here um, uh, he was actually a uh, uh, Italian philosopher, poet, cosmological theorist, and esotericist. He is known for his cosmological theories, which conceptually extended to include the then novel Copernican model. He proposed that the stars were distant suns surrounded by their own planets, and he raised the possibility that these planets might foster life of their own, a cosmological position known as cosmic pluralism. He also insisted that the universe is infinite and could have no center. That was not something that... Uh, the uh, Roman Catholic Church was ready to uh, uh, listen to at that time. It didn't like people saying these kinds of things because then that would uh, make their uh, position look like it's totally wrong. So what do they do? Uh, because they're in power at the time, they have the ability to imprison him. Actually, he was in prison for seven years uh, from 1593 until 1600. And they put him on trial eventually. And then uh, a bunch of cardinals and, and, and the Pope said, okay, time for time to put you to death, buddy. And that's exactly what happened to Giordano Bruno. Uh, it says here in, in the Wikipedia page, the Inquisition found him guilty and he was burned alive at the stake in Rome's Campo di Fiori in 1600. After his death, he gained considerable fame, being particularly celebrated by 19th and early 20th century commentators who regarded him as a martyr for science, although most historians agree that his heresy trial was not a response to his cosmological views, but rather a response to his religious and afterlife views. Some historians contend, 
however, that the main reason for Bruno's death was indeed his cosmological views. Bruno's case is still considered a landmark in the history of free thought and the emerging sciences. Then later on, it talks about uh, his imprisonment, his trial and execution. Uh, It says here, Bruno defended himself as he had in Venice, insisting that he accepted the church's dogmatic teachings, but trying to preserve the basis of his cosmological views. In particular, he held firm to his belief in the plurality of worlds, although he was admonished to abandon it. His trial was overseen by the Inquisitor Cardinal Bellarmine, who demanded a full recantation, which Bruno eventually refused. On the 20th of January 1600, Pope Clement VIII declared Bruno a heretic and the Inquisition issued a sentence of death. According to the correspondence of Gaspar's shop of Breslau, he is said to have made a threatening gesture toward his judges and to have replied, Perhaps you pronounce this sentence against me with greater fear than I receive it. Uh, he was uh, turned over to the secular authorities on the February 17th, 1600 in uh, the Campo di Fiori, a, c- a central Roman market square. With his tongue in prison because of his wicked words, he was hung upside down naked before finally being burned alive at the stake. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice how uh, people, uh, these uh, holy people treated, treated others? <laughs> Uh, back in the day, they they would still do it. A lot of these people, I'll tell you what, if it, if they could still do it, they would do it. They they do it right now. There's people out there, I can tell you right now, that would love to. That they love violence. That they don't want. If there's any anybody that has any kind of ideas that might change the status quo uh, or uh, imp- uh, uh, cause any sort of disruption to the power that they hold, uh, then they're, they they would love to do this. You know, there's people out there. In fact, it's it's something that does happen in in, in the world still today. Uh, based uh, because of uh, religious beliefs, people get burned or tortured or, and murdered on a regular basis still to this day. Uh, now, of course, the Catholic Church doesn't do those kinds of things today, um, but uh, uh, they did. They used to, and this guy, this guy suffered the uh, the, the worst consequences uh, for just speaking his mind in a time when he probably shouldn't have. But uh, but the, I guess the good thing about this is that he still lives today. His ideas live today, and he he, he is viewed as a hero of of free speech. And you know, it's something that that we all strive for. We all many of us want to be able to speak freely about uh, our views on on aspects of of our place in the universe. But at that time, that was not the. It, it led to this. It led to a, a horrible end. Here's actually something more on this uh, from a website called the Collector. Uh, actually, now Bruno, he he was a wanderer. He wandered through Europe uh, uh, with and, and and wrote different books uh, about his that had contained his ideas. And here's what it says: It says here, upon his arrival in England, Bruno had already embraced his reputation as an agitator within academic circles. In the title page of his play, The Candle Bearer, Bruno describes himself as Bruno from Nola, academic of No Academy, A.K.A. the Troublemaker. His troublemaking in England chiefly comprised of writing a series of six texts which explored his controversial ideas on the nature of the universe, with titles such as On the Infinite Universe and Worlds, from 1584, it's clear that Giordano Bruno was more than willing to go against Renaissance society's prevailing belief in a closed, finite universe. 
And then it says, within these six books, Bruno argues passionately in favor of many things that we know to be true today, including that the sun is in the center of the solar system, that the earth rotates on its axis, and that the universe itself is infinite. The tragedy of Bruno's life was his failure to get people to take these theories seriously. But 16th century cosmology was deeply intertwined with Christian teachings, and to argue against this cosmology was to argue against Christianity itself. Uh, in the 1500s, Europeans believed that the earth and not the sun was in the center of one single solar system. Humans were God's most superior creation, so of course, they existed in the middle of everything else. Beyond the other planets and stars was a boundary which marked the start of the heavenly realm where God resided, encircling the entire solar system with his divine presence. In Europe, the vision of, this, of the universe was the accepted status quo for many centuries. Uh, Bruno's insistence that the universe was infinite posed serious theological dilemmas. If the universe extended out into space and time forever, then where exactly was God's realm located among the endless planets and stars? Rather than God encircling earth and the stars with his divine presence in Bruno's infinite universe, God was far less visible. For Bruno's critics, this was deeply troubling. This was a deeply troubling absence. Uh, furthermore, if the universe was full of infinite solar systems, as Bruno claimed, what was so special about the Earth? After all, the Bible makes no mention of other planets. Did God actually create an infinite number of planets? If so, why is this not included in Scripture? The Polish astronomer Nicholas Copernicus had previously argue, argued that the universe was heliocentric, but even Copernicus hadn't gone so far as to theorize that there were infinite Earths and infinite suns just like ours. Bruno's theories unsettled the natural hierarchical order of traditional finite universe, where humans were at the center of a creation that God, the maker, encircled with his protective divine self. Uh, needless to say, Bruno clashed with English scholars over his controversial views. George Abbott, then an academic at Oxford University, immortalized the Italian scholar with a particularly flattering description. Abbott listened to Bruno argue in a lecture that the earth did, did go around and the heavens did stand still, whereas in truth it was his own head which rather did run around and his brains did not stand still. Not long afterwards, Abbott became Archbishop of Canterbury. As we will see, Bruno met a very different fate. Uh, I'm going to skip forward here. Uh, when he returned to Italy... Uh, he was persecuted by the Roman Inquisition. It says, Bruno was now forced to appear on trial in Rome. This time, the Inquisitor sifted through his back catalog of controversial texts on the nature of the universe, as well as his views on certain religious points of faith relating to the incarnation, the soul, and the veneration of saints, among other things. The Inquisition tended to judge the accused based on how repentant they were for their past actions during the trial itself. They didn't automatically punish people for having published heretical text or argued against Christian doctrine. Instead, they wanted to see remorse. Therefore, the key to Bruno's survival was recantation, i.e. admitting guilt, repenting, allowing any previously published text to be destroyed, and agreeing never to teach these things in the future. Well, of course, as we know, Bruno did not want to do that. He wasn't interested in that. He, he wanted to stand by his beliefs. Unfortunately for him, it was it was a deadly choice. This was not a price Bruno was willing to pay. Despite showing a bit of remorse during his Venice trial, Bruno refused to recant his entire worldview and instead wrote lengthy depositions defending his views. His trial lasted several years. Eventually, the Inquisitors found that the defendant remained in his heresy without remorse, obstinately, and hardened. 
This was confirmed by Bruno himself, who asserted that he neither needed nor wished to recant, that he had nothing to recant, that he did not have views to recant. Uh, unsurprisingly, Bruno was sentenced to death. His judgment was passed on February 8th, 1600. After, tri after the tribunal read out his death sentence, Bruno responded, perhaps your fear in passing judgment on me is greater than mine in receiving it. A week or so later, on February 17th, Bruno was burned alive on a stake in the middle of the Campo di Forio in Rome. Most victims of the stake were strangled beforehand, but the executioners denied Bruno this mercy. An eyewitness named Casper Schopp reported that somebody held up a crucifix to Bruno whilst he was tied to the stake, but that he defiantly turned away from it. Other reports claim that Bruno's mouth was symbolically clamped shut with a metal plate. So that's what you got back in the day for talking about life on other worlds. I mean, back then he wasn't, this guy wasn't even talking about beings from other worlds coming here. Can you imagine? Well, I guess maybe they would have uh, stretched out his torture before they killed him if he had. Uh, but the, uh, he was killed for believing those things. And that's, that's incredible. But, but these, like I said, these pious papists, they thought they're right to do this. And uh, it's unfortunate. But you see the same thing happening today in a way. Uh, for one thing, for one thing, we do know that people are killed for their views. If you, if you don't follow certain religions in certain parts of the world, they're going to kill you, uh, right, if they catch you. Uh, if you if you if you if you speak out against uh, the way they uh, uh, the, the, if you speak out against their beliefs, but here in the United States, what happens uh, when people st try to push for the truth, try to push for the disclosure of the truth, uh, they get uh, run through the mud. I mean, they get dragged through the mud. They're 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 uh, the people try to ruin their lives. You you see this happening with. Uh, people like uh, David Grush, basically. I mean, there, there was most most certainly hit pieces were written about him. Uh, there was his, they drummed up his past where he had some uh, uh, PTSD issues, and 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 police had to be called to his house. Uh, there was things like that, and and you still see it today. I mean, so the headlines saying uh, Grush's uh, assertions are crazy. You see stuff like that coming from the mainstream news. And uh, that's how it, how it's treated because the people in power don't want to upset the apple cart. They want to keep things status quo. And the people in power I'm talking about here are the people in the Pentagon who are sitting on this secret, the control group. Uh, obviously, as we all know, there are people in Congress who are working hard right now to try to get that truth out. Uh, they want to get more information from David Grush. And actually, we do. I do have a, a, a follow-up on this. Um, Actually, uh, actually I, I, in my previous podcast, I was talking about uh, Representative Eric Burleson, who uh, there was an amendment that he presented yesterday uh, in Congress, in the House, that was approved, uh, that will uh, give David Grush his security clearances back. And this apparently, uh, people in Congress believe that if he gets his security clearances back, then he'll be able to testify in a secure setting, a skiff, uh, to people in Congress. Uh, we don't know if that's going to happen. or I mean, it's, it, it, the resolution itself, the amendment uh, that was approved, that was passed, that doesn't mean that, uh, that the, uh, that the g government, that the Pentagon is going to approve that or going to grant uh, Grush that security clearance again. We don't know, but it's a step. It's, it's, there's a whole bunch of loopholes that Congress apparently has to jump through before they can get Grush to talk to them in a skiff, and this is one of them. And actually, after that uh, was passed, uh, Burleson was on a uh, podcast, a, a YouTube channel, uh, the 
this this was a, a channel run by uh, John Michael Gaudier, uh, and I'll leave a link so you can check this out for yourself. And uh, he he was talking about this about what they're trying to do. And actually, Joe Mergia, the UFO Joe, who I always talk about, he's uh, someone who's on Twitter. He's a presence on UFO Twitter. He actually provided he put a on Twitter itself. He actually put a transcript, a partial transcript of what was stated during this interview. And uh, it says here, uh, Michael Gaudier asked, uh, John Michael Gaudier asked uh, Burleson, literally minutes ago, you were able to get past a reinstatement of the security clearance of David Grush, who gave some rather astonishing testimony to Congress recently. Now, where does this go from here? Can you now get Mr. Grush into a skiff, into a classified safe environment to discuss his claims in further detail? And Burleson responded, this is one of the first steps, but we are like, there's another effort tandem to this where we're trying to get at least the inspector general to release to us Grush's comments and his entire report that he had submitted to the inspector general. And if we can get that, we're getting quite a bit of information. And then I would prefer that we then have the hearing with Grush. Well, he doesn't really mean hearing the, it would be a closed hearing with Grush again in a skiff after that, so that we can ask questions based on what we've read. And then John Michael Gaudier asked, I see, so you can do follow-ups based on the report itself. Now, are you seeing any sort of pushback in these efforts and trying to get closer to this? And uh, Burleson responded, yeah, I think there's generally the sense of no one is responsible for UAP. No one's responsible for tracking down reports. And what we continually hear is, it's just not what our, it's not in the mission of our agency to do that. I mean, that might be true, but that's, often where we get the first pushback when it comes to asking for grush to get into the uh the skiff he says hearing here but he meant skiff i think tim burchette was the one that made the request and has been denied and the excuse that was given is that his security clearance has lapsed therefore i'm just trying to eliminate the objection or at least this objection and then hopefully we can do that then we can get in the uh, skiff but if not then we'll start seeing that this is a complete pushback. They don't want us to know what's going on. Yeah, so basically what Perlison's saying is they're trying to get this, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to meet this, this, this uh, hump. You know, they're trying to say, okay, well, if we get a security clearances back, that's one of the objections. So if they get it back, so we'll, we'll see what happens then. But we know what's going to happen then. All of us know what's going to happen then. There's obviously the control group doesn't want people to know what's going on. Uh, this is ridiculous, as, as I've talked about all the time. Again, we have elected officials try, having to jump through hoops with unelected officials to try to get information about the uh, what David Grush knows. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, again, I know there's going to be the argument out there from... Uh, People in the Pentagon would say, and people who stick up for the Pentagon would say, well, hey, if, if, if this is, if what Grush knows is, has something to do with national security, then, that, then we, that, you know, that's, that's the way things are. The Pentagon calls those shots. That, that, I, I understand that, right? I understand that. Okay. You recover uh, crashed alien craft, right? And, and you're trying to reverse engineer it. Okay. That's, that is national security. What you're trying to do there is national security. You can't let that information out. You can't get anything that you learned, uh, by trying to reverse these craft out to the public. I get that because you're trying to make your own kind of craft. That makes sense to me. However, the, 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 
the other part of the argument is this, is that you're keeping secret the reality that there's an extraterrestrial presence here in by doing this. So you keep one part of it secret. Yeah, that makes sense. The re What you learn uh, reverse engineering this stuff, yeah, keep that secret. We get it. I get it, right? But the reality that there are extraterrestrials here, you can't keep this secret anymore. It's time for the world to know. That's my argument about this. But yet, like, look at what the our, our own... Our elected officials have to do to try to get this information it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and i'm not sure how this is all going to play out in the end we just we just it's i don't know i i, I don't know if we'll ever get it they're just gonna, they're going to keep fighting it they're going to keep fighting it well burleson actually had a, a comment uh today on twitter and this is what he wrote in response to the uh, john michael Gaudier's uh, event horizon that's what his, his uh, youtube channel is called uh, interview and he says here uh, the american people deserve to learn the truth about what uap are and i'm going to do everything in my power to shine light on the darkness that's great from representative burleson burleson him and, and these that bipartisan group they're doing what they can to get this truth out to the public and it's time it's time uh, but again, they're, they're, they're getting this pushback. There's people that don't want us to know. And th that's what he's telling us. You actually have Congress people telling us now that, you know, if, if we, if somehow Grush gets his security clearance back and we still can't get him into a skiff and get the, him to talk and the inspector general to give us the report that Grush signed off on. Cause remember there was a, 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 a most, a recent skiff where the inspector general, uh, of the intelligence community told members of Congress, Hey, uh, I can't share anything with you. Right. Okay. Well, we got it. You got to, I mean, we're, we're the ones, I mean, to my mind, we're the, the, those people are elected. They're the elected people. They need to start demanding this. I mean, who the hell are these people? Uh, who, who do they think they are? I mean, I talked about this before. Who do they think they are? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, I, I I applaud Burleson and and that bipartisan group for pushing this forward. But uh, again, you know, you see what's going on. The roadblocks they keep throwing up. Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. Oh, you, he doesn't have security clearance anymore. So okay, well, well, they're trying to do what they can to get that security clearance. It's unfortunate that the Congress as a whole uh, can't just vote on one little bill that says, hey, we we demand that. Uh, uh, we, we, the Congress, the, the the House and the Senate are going to give David Grush his security clearance. We're not because basically all that they did yesterday was just a request. They're are actually hoping that the Office of Mon uh, Management and Budget will grant grant him his his uh, request, gr uh, grant him his security clearances back. That's what they're hoping for. Whether the that, that office does that or not, we uh, time will tell. And but but why do they have to ask? Why do they have to request this? It doesn't make any sense. Why can't the Congress itself uh, give him his security clearance? You know, vote on it as a whole, as as you know, two uh, legislative bodies. I, I don't understand. And then have the president sign off on it. And you have to wonder too: is the president's office part of this cover up, or are they? Are they not? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't think that presidents know everything. I don't think they're told everything. There's something going on behind the scenes, folks. And I, and I know that this secret control group is using national security as the block to prevent people, elected officials, from seeing this somehow. That's what they're doing. Uh, whether we ever get to see this or not, I don't know. I'm just not sure. It just seems like we're, there's always, it's just a constant, you know, whack-a-mole kind of situation. Okay, you, you got this far, but guess what? You can't go this far because we're, well, this guy doesn't have security clearance anymore. So... 
But yeah, you see what's happening. It's the same thing today as it used to be in the past. People who who, who want to try to, to, to change people's uh, view on on our place in the universe, right? They, they they're lambasted. They're they're dragged through the mud. They're made fools of. The same thing today as it used to be back then, except for the fact that they're not they're not uh, uh, they're not gonna uh, there's not gonna be some group of uh, pious papists that are gonna burn someone at a stake like they used to do. But that's how they used to handle things in the past. And basically, it's the same thing now. There are people out there, I'm telling you right now, who who hate change. They, they just want to keep the status quo. They don't. They, they, they have certain belief systems. And, and for all we know, there are people in the Pentagon uh, who are basing, who don't want this information to get out to the public because of their religious views. We've heard this before from Lou Elizondo saying that there are people in the Pentagon because of their uh, religious views. They don't want the world to know the truth about the extraterrestrial reality. That's what it, that, that's, that could be part of this too. Uh, again, that was something that Lou Elizondo said, and that's something else that we need to be concerned about. Uh, these people in power that we that's the unelected officials in in a po- positions of power are basing uh, what to do on their religious beliefs. If, if that's going on, that's absolutely absurd in this day and age. But it very well could be. Anyway, uh, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Until next time. <laughs>